and welcome to the podcast podcast my name is don and my name is still scott and we are still here and we are still in ezekiel i guess we're not still here because you just got here about an hour ago yeah and like ezekiel we haven't done that many podcasts yet this is the third in ezekiel i think so we, we've been getting through pretty quickly Sounds good to me. We'll yeah. say it's the third. Yes. Yeah. And actually, we were talking before, and maybe I'm talking too. We were just, I was getting excited because we we're like, ooh, we should make some YouTube videos of these things that Ezekiel is doing. He's like the man of like object lesson. And it's like, well, let's go ahead and see what happens. Let's find those objects. And I don't know, it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm actually going to look. We have a YouTube thing. And, and, and Don is, like, way excited. As soon as I, like, sent out the idea, he's like, dude, I can't wait to, like, eat my food over poop. Oh, yeah, like, that's exactly what... Hey, wait a minute, that's spoilers. <laughs> you can't tell them what's oh, going shoot. on yet. Wait. So yeah. I looked up our YouTube. There it is. And there's a lot of stuff that comes before it that I think... Yeah, we have two, <laughs> two Hosea podcasts up, and they got... Two views and four views, respectively. Oh, wow. So maybe I'll take those down. <laughs> that might be a good idea. And we do have a YouTube. Oh, we have three subscribers. Oh. Uh, one's probably me. And I have a video up there saying that, hey, we're, we're going to have this channel up soon. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, I posted that nine months ago. Okay. Well, because we're going to try and post them on. That was the COVID stuff. Yeah. Actually, that was a almost exactly COVID stuff. Yeah. yeah. Thanks COVID for ruining our, yeah, let's blame it on COVID ruining our YouTube channel. That's a perfect idea. So I we like did that. Hosea and Joel in nine months and started Ezekiel, but it took us three years to do Deuteronomy. Yeah, seriously. Ooh. Huh. But like, in all on like, okay, so Hosea and Joel though, like those were, I don't know. Hosea, Short. Yeah. Hosea was rough. I, I, I struggled through that one because it's like, all right. At the start, that was... Yeah. And at the end, it got kind of like, oh, we're saying the same stuff. That we said last chapter and the chapter before and the yeah. chapter before and the chapter before. I think that is a, that's what, when you're doing your Bible reading plan, because uh, we're recording this in January, so even though you won't hear this until like March, um, <laughs> so many of you probably started a Bible reading plan, and the moment you get to the repetitive OT books, Old Testament books, that's when people drop. Mm-hmm. Like Genesis, got it. Exodus, got it. Leviticus, made it through. Numbers. <laughs> it's getting hard. Deuteronomy. If I can make it to Joshua. <laughs> and then you kind of quit. So I understand when you get to the prophets why it gets really hard to, mm-hmm. you get obscure language, you get obscure imagery, and then sometimes you get repetition. Yeah. And it's it's difficult. It is. It is. And I, I mean, I guess Israel kept doing the same thing over and over and over again. Not that I would ever have that problem where, you know, I think I got it learned. And then all oh, of a no. sudden, you know, God's like, I don't think you figured that out. Let me teach you again. And it's like, no, no God, you don't understand. I already. Oh, Your mic keeps falling. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry. Sorry already, if y'all heard that. I already got this figured out. And God's like, <laughs> no, you don't. Um, I better tell him again. Right. That's And that's what um, another part that we miss when we read the scriptures, and maybe it would be better if we read it out loud more often, mm-hmm. uh, is that when you read it to yourself, you're not getting the same inflections in that as somebody that was reading it to you, or that was not even reading it to you, that was speaking it to you the first time. Um, that, uh, there's a little more to it when you hear it in person that you're, you know, going to be under judgment. I mean, we we even see like 
you know, we go to a, a ball game down in Cincinnati or whatever, and there's always the guy down there that's like got the sign that's yelling at you to repent uh. or perish and stuff like that. But like, if he sent me a letter, I'd laugh and put it in the recycle bin, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah. like the fact that he's there with the sign, like there's more power to that guy where you're like, don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Or like, you know, you're like, you know, kids, let's cross down at this crosswalk instead. Or, you know, you, 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 you kind of have to, if you don't want to have a confrontation, you kind of have to avoid him uh, because he's there, he's loud, he's in your face. It's a lot different than if you were to send you a letter, you know. I wonder if he's, if people like during Ezekiel's time, I don't know how much we're going to get into like the wall and, and I mean, I don't, I don't chapter four and chapter five, um, whether that's a today thing or whether that's next podcast. But I wonder how many of the people that he was doing his little charades for, how many were like, you know, let's walk down this way. And after a year <laughs> and a half, you know, of, of seeing like Elijah sitting, or not Elijah, um, wow. Ezekiel, so yeah, I don't know, Ezekiel laying there looking at the city with a frying pan behind, you know, between them or the iron, <laughs> uh, um, the iron thing. It's like, well, you know, like, I don't know, let's go this way. Or what's that guy doing? Right. I don't know, but I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not in any way putting the guy at the Reds game on the same level as Zeke boy here. I, the guy, at the Reds game still thinks that King James English is the official word of God. So that's true. Yeah. So does he say repenteth or you're going to helleth? It's a, I think it's, is like thou must repent or so like, it's a very, oh, okay. Like if you ever seen the bumper stickers on cars, I don't know who's making these, but a lot of people in the area have bought them that like, repent for the kingdom is at hand or something. I'm like, dude, nobody driving behind you. Uh, maybe so like I do, you know, right. but there's a lot of people that are like the kingdom is at hand. What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. What does repent even mean? Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Cause there's a lot that go to that. Yeah. What does thou even mean? Well, we, we have, um, it's interesting. We have these billboards that started popping up around Middletown, the, the city I live in and mm-hmm. that are like, just odd. They're, they're like, repent of these things or, you know, you're going to burn for all eternity or whatever. And it's got like this list, but it's like the words it puts up, it's like fornicators. It even says like effeminate. It's like, you know, guilty of like all these like rather multisyllabic words that are like common sins, but like they put them in words that people don't use today. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not going to... That's not going to help anybody. Like, you can't call somebody a sodomite because they're like, well, better go to a dictionary. They're like, hey, Google, tell me what a sodomite is, you know, and then they're on a list and, you know, like, Mm -hmm. or what? It's just like. Well, it's kind of one of those things, though. I mean, as we've been studying Old Testament anyway, whether that's Hosea, Joel, or Ezekiel, um, we find out that I. Sorry, did I say it wrong again? No, I I just like saying Zeke. Oh, okay. I was like, did I say it wrong? It kind of sounds like like yeet. Yeet, Zeke, Zeke, Um. But it's kind of one of those things that it's like, well, wait a second. God actually pulled out his judgment on his own people mm-hmm. before he pulled it out on everyone else that was surrounding. And, you know, they got their turn and, and all. As much as but, I disagree with and do not condone his message, one thing that I heard Rob Bell say that he was right about was it appeared to him that the warnings for hell were meant towards Christians. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
Yeah, it does seem that like we're the ones that are being called to repent. We're like, yes, the outside world is called to repent, but like a lot of the stuff that like a lot of the people that Jesus was pointing his finger at were Pharisees, yeah. the religious of the time that, you know, like we are the ones that are also told to really watch ourselves. And Paul gives the warnings a lot of times to the Christians. Mm-hmm. He actually like basically says like we have to be held to a higher standard and we should be aspiring to a higher standard as Christians than non-Christians and non-Christians should be given the benefit of the doubt that they're not going to act like Christians, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah. Once again, I do not condone nor endorse nor even recommend (laughs) that you look up Rob Bell. But that's one thing I remember that he said. Well, it's kind of one of those that I've been studying Matthew. I think he said Rob Bell. I was like, no, <laughs> no, I no, no, no. Trust me. I don't. Now want we got to be... end the podcast and go into intervention. I don't want you to befriend me. Um, <laughs> you mean defriend or befriend? Uh, defriend. I befriend. Like befriend. Well, befriend. If, if you're befriend, gonna, yeah. if you're going to turn from the faith, I'll befriend, defriend, you to win you back. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, but in, yeah, in Matthew, I mean, he he says, look, you know, Pharisees, you, you don't even get it, but all these other people, they're going to kind of repent first. And well, Ezekiel has that same message. Like God's, uh, didn't we talk about that last podcast? where God's like, look, um, you would have a better chance of... It would be much easier for you to tell those that are oh, not yeah. believers um, to repent and come to me than the people you're going to go ahead and talk to. In fact, they're probably not... They've got a hard forehead or whatever yeah, well, he, they're, they're yeah, using. Like, and saying, like, like, I'm not even giving you... The, I'm not even making you go to the hard to talk to people. It's, it's like I'm giving you the the easiest words to use you're not going to go to some unintelligible tribe in you know that doesn't know how to read and write i'm going to send you to literate people giving you easy word you know who are supposed to be my people yeah. and they're not going to listen to you well that sounds depressing well since they weren't going to listen maybe they would watch what ezekiel was doing that's a good call and so oh, i see your uh, ezekiel so commentary I, on the floor that is not the commentary i've been using but i had it already and is that a rival podcast flyer? You know, no. Okay, good. It does say cast. That's the um, the call of love. Um, oh, that explains it all. Yeah, it's the oh man, I'm brain farting. The the, right. the thing that is fo- the ministry that is focused towards Muslims in Cincinnati, oh, okay. and um, so that was one of the flyers that came with one of the books that I ordered. That I don't know where the book went. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was a bookmark that I used to mark the spot of Ezekiel 6, where I was like, there's not much in a lot of commentaries on Ezekiel 6. Maybe, I think maybe, mine's pretty full. I'll maybe to, you've got more. Okay. Yeah, but I didn't get that far yet. So 6 and 7, I'm like, hmm, all right. Well, so anyway, yeah. um, but the ones that I'm using today is Christopher Wright's um, kind of commentary-ish. Um, I really love it. it. It takes Ezekiel as a narrative. Um, I've also been using the, and that's by Chris Wright, and it's called Ezekiel. And then, and then I've got the IVP Old Testament commentary that I've been using as well. Um, I do take a lot from Chris Wright because, and I highly suggest. I mean, I I think we, I definitely want you to keep listening to it to our podcast. um, But I think that it's it's great to be able to read that book as well. So I highly, highly, highly suggest um, buying that. if you get a chance, um, just to kind of go through the the 
um, the podcast with us. I mean, um, we enjoy studying and talking about scripture, but the whole reason we started it was so that we could continue to, to talk about it and hope that other people might find an interest in the Old Testament as well. Um, so we don't hit New Testament books. Uh, we do go back to the New Testament as we see Paul and Jesus, who are definitely, um, they definitely understand their OT. So again, highly suggest you to pick some stuff up uh, of your own and maybe pick something up different. You know, that might be also an opportunity for you to engage um, from a distance in the conversation. And then, you know, maybe you can throw us some ideas on how we can create a YouTube um, object lessons. So did you find your uh, commentary name yet? Well, it's the Expositor's Bible oh. Commentary Revised Edition. Um, it's a great set. If you look up uh, EBC commentary, you'll find it. Um, and I now have the whole set. Merry Christmas? Yep. My wife finished my set for me. All right. So I was missing the whole New Testament. <laughs> and the Psalms, and the Psalms is the pricey one. Wow! But uh, the uh, I have Logos, 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 Logos. Logos. Yes, that software. And if you buy a set, they basically like let's say they sell the whole set for three hundred bucks, but you own like X number of books. They do some fancy algorithm and they give you a deep discount to finish it. Oh wow! So I was able to finish it for Christmas for far less than if I had bought it all outright. Nice. So, yeah, I actually have the New Testament books now. Wow. And the, the Psalms alone, if you buy it without the set, is like 50 or 60 bucks. Oh. So it's nice to be able to get the whole set for like 100 oh, That's not finished. bad. Yeah. That's not bad at all. I mean, considering I probably spent a, probably almost 200 on the ones that I already own. Okay. It's nice. I figured you sold your car to buy the rest of that. No, I sold an old camera to get it initially, though. Oh, okay. Um, and some other stuff. I've, I hawked a lot of my other books. I hawked the Dead Tree versions to buy the digital digital okay. versions. So when I sold, what's funny is I sold part of the set to a pastor in Pennsylvania. And uh, I was talking to him a while after Christmas. I was like, yeah, I was able to finish that. So once again, thanks for buying those or whatever. He's like, oh, that's like the only commentary set that I would recommend the entire set to somebody for. Because he doesn't wow. like how... We'll get off into the woods here. But he basically doesn't like how when you have a commentary set, they say this is the formatting every author and scholar must use, and you have to fit your notes into it. Mm -hmm. This one doesn't do that. They let the author and the scholars like arrange it to what's most important to them. Oh, nice. There's a general flow, Okay. but not all of the books are the same. Oh. And even within the commentary set, they could be different as far as how their nature of... Okay their research goes. So expositors, Bible commentary, highly recommended by one pastor. Might have to send that to me in, uh, whatchamacallit, okay. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. All so, right. And I've liked them. I've had them. That, that, that's the set I've been buying for years and now I own. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Send that, send that info to me. All right. I'm curious. Yeah. That's what we've used so far. I've used for all of them. Okay. Deuteronomy till now. Oh, nice. Okay. The only, I use Christopher Wright. He was my only outside source. I don't think I have, any other Ezekiel? I have one other Ezekiel commentary, but I don't really use it. Okay. So it's fine. Okay. Yeah, that commentary is just an extra source that yeah. I already had. So, all right. So you want to so anyway, 316? 316 through 320. Um, and... That's Ezekiel, not John. Ezekiel. <laughs> I never said John. It was Elijah. No, no. I was, There's at least an yeah. E. 
There are there E ones? Ezekiel. All right. And he said to me, so this is Ezekiel chapter 3, um, verse 16. 16 through 20. <clears throat> And at the end of the seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die and you give him no warning nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way in order to save his life. That wicked person shall die for his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. Again, if a righteous person turns from the righteous and commits injustice, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die because you have not warned him. He shall die for his sin and his righteous deeds that he has done shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the righteous person not to sin and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning and you will have delivered your soul. Hooray. All right. So that sounds like a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Zeke's being told, Zeke, <laughs> uh, he's being told that uh, the calling that he has isn't just a flippant calling. He, he can't, you know, Jonah his way out of this. Mm-hmm. He's going to be held responsible for the message being delivered. And it's, if it's not delivered and the people perish because of it, then it's Ezekiel's fault for not obeying mm-hmm. God and doing what he was called to do. But if he delivers a message and the people still are hardened towards it, then he's free and clear, yeah. essentially. Well, I mean, it, 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 what last chapter, last podcast, it almost seemed like, you know, he was getting the impossible job. You know, like a, a pastor of a church that's like, <laughs> you know, you're going to go start a church. And you're going to go reach out into the neighborhood. No one's going to listen to you or come to your church. What's well, like, well, then am I a pat? Like, what am I even doing <laughs> then? And it's kind of almost what God's saying is, Ezekiel, you're going to go out and you're going to really call them to repentance and to be obedient to God. And guess what? They didn't listen to me and they're not going to listen to you. And it's like, well, that's disheartening. Um, so why don't I just go get a margarita and hang out <laughs> by the, the canal and... You know, watch the boats go by. Right. And and so this kind of seems a little bit more encouraging at this point where, maybe not encouraging, but, but it's at least God saying, well, look, you have a job to do, and that is to deliver a message. Um, and um, they're either going to listen to you or not, but as long as you deliver the message, you're good. Um, now, I think, do they use the word watchman? So he's like going to become a watchman of Israel. Yeah, in seven. Um, 17, sorry. And so ultimately what a watchman would do um, is especially if, if you have um, a, con- a nation that is basically at war, that watchman's job would be to to basically stand watch um for the enemy coming to either invade your city or to invade your camp. And their job was to make a whole heck of a lot of noise or sound a trumpet or yell to those that, that would be able to, to go fight in battle um, or to the rest of the military. And um, as long as you made sure that you communicated that the enemy was close by, you did your job and, and um, the blood is not on you. But if you basically fell asleep during your job or you didn't get a hold of 
um, the rest of the military or those that needed to know, and lots of people died, then their blood's on you. Well, they, they were also, in peacetime, uh, responsible for watching the inside and outside of the city hmm. uh, to make sure that nothing was happening inside that could be, you know, riots, uh, a fire, uh, you know, some kind of calamity. That, so Watchmen was, was utilized in both situations, not and just the, the bad wartime. And so it's big responsibility. Right, yeah, it's um, not just a Yeah, in. big responsibility. Yeah, if, if people die on your watch, essentially. It's on you. Right. Now, in this situation, um, it is a military watching out um, right. where they, they have an enemy, but their enemy is, is not Nebuchadnezzar. It's not Babylon. Um, I feel like maybe we can do like a Dora the Explorer pause. <laughs> Who do you think it was? Pretend I'm looking around. Yeah, it's a little bit more awkward when you can't like see yeah, Dora just hanging there. Yeah, true. I was like there. going back and forth. Right. Like. <laughs> Great! <laughs> Who's our enemy? The wicked. I'm not sure where you're going with this. Sorry. <laughs> well, who is the watchman watching out for? Who's the one coming after Israel? Well, God's coming after Israel. Absolutely. Yahweh is the enemy. I guess, I guess it's weird to put him in that yeah that's true right <laughs> but he's not protecting him he's the one that's coming against and he's being the watchman for what god is yahweh Pops is coming to. to do right all right yeah i could i yeah that is this is definitely a, a hard a hard look it is he's got he, he's coming for you like, well, it's total counter-israel culture though like they're used to god being their protector not being not having to be defended hmm. against God's wrath and his judgment. And this time things have kind of turned and changed a little bit. Um, and we'll see that more in four when Ezekiel's lying looking at a city. <laughs> I say there, I thought it was interesting in too small a text. 20, I kind of wrestled <clears throat> with the stumbling block uh, portion. And if a righteous person returns, sorry, he text is still, apparently I need my glasses. Uh, <laughs> Again, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Um, that was, I had to look up as much as I could about that because I was like, what? What is that? Like, why would he make it hard, you know, like mm-hmm. on the person? Uh, basically, a stumbling block in this case is uh, not like a temptation or an obstacle per se, but it's basically like, a death sentence. Like, so if I should lay a death sentence on this person before him, then he will die. Like he's basically saying, if I'm saying, it's, if, you know, if it's his time to go, it's his time to go. Hmm. Like, it, it's not a, like God saying, like, cause when we think of a stumbling block, we often think of like a temptation or an obstacle or, you know, like if you're, you know, like really trying to lose weight and like, you know, a stumbling block might be somebody saying, Hey, come on over to my house. I got a fridge full of, you know, uh, cake that you can have or something that's like, oh, it's a stumbling block. Or like if you're, you know, trying to, you know, give me some sins, man. Um, <laughs> you're an alcoholic and trying not yeah. to drink and somebody get like brings you a six pack of beer, you would say, oh, they're laying a stumbling block in my way. You yeah, know? yeah. So it's like, well, wait, is God, why would God lay a stumbling block to make somebody fall into sin? Hmm. It just seems kind of like a weird thing. Like, why would God tempt me? Why would yeah. he make it harder? But in this case, the stumbling block is more or less saying like, you know, if you, if I say you're going to fall down and die, you're going to fall down and die. There's no, 
other way around it. So, so then again, I'm trying to process. So sorry, I'm kind of if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice. And I sentence him to death, he shall die. God, oh, because you have I not see. warned him, he shall die for his sin. Oh, okay, I got that. Okay. Yeah. So that's where, that's where I was like, I was like, wait, this is like, what? If, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness to commit injustice, I shall make it even harder on him. Like, that right. just seemed really hard for me to digest. I think that, because that, I think I, I saw that. And I questioned it, and then I kept going on because I was curious on seeing the entire, like how the narrative as a whole fit together. But I think that did stick out as that doesn't make, it doesn't fit within that part of the narrative. But when you put it that way, I go, oh, I do see that connection. Well, see, if we get to it in time, we're going to take some time to talk about uh, poop. Oh, yeah. And I hate to say it, but I did more of a word study in the Hebrew on what that was <laughs> than I probably did on anything except for the stumbling block okay. part. So okay. I definitely, it definitely bugged me enough to make me try and look up some stuff and figure out what was going on. Um, I was trying to find the other notes I had on it because I actually had the stumbling block parts. Um, I just don't remember what I did with it. That's the problem with having too many things digital. You can't find stuff right. when you need it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like sometimes a physical book, I know how to get there quicker. Right. Yeah, Christopher writes, so like, so who's the enemy here? Well, the enemy is is Yahweh, so it's not it's not Nebi, it's not Nebuchadnezzar or Babylon. And then like he he put then it was kind of brought up, but then why have a watchman? Like, why would God set Ezekiel up to be a watchman if he's gonna come and he's basically coming against them? So he's almost setting up Ezekiel to help to be that protection against himself. And he's like well, it's not like God wants to go ahead and pull out his judgment on the people. Like he wants them to repent, to be obedient, and to have that relationship with him. Unfortunately, the part that we've seen over and over and over and over and over and over and over again is God continuing to give warning, um, telling them to be obedient. And Israel kind of flicks God off and says, well, you know, here's the way we're going to go ahead and live. And and so setting up that watchman is God wanting to save his people, but his people are making it very difficult for that to happen. Yeah. Um, well, and just also really quick to note, um, that word, I did find my notes, um, in the Old Testament in several examples, uh, including other parts of Ezekiel and uh, Leviticus and Isaiah, um, the word is more akin to ruin what, which word? Uh, the word that's used for stumbling block. Oh, okay. Um, it's, uh, it is often, most often used for the word stumble, but it's also for the word ruin. So it definitely has more of a connotation of if I should lead, or sorry, if I should uh, basically sentence him to be ruined, you know, to be Got it. killed, you know, whatever happens to be. So, yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, if we're thinking, so... Uh, one of the things that I do like about Christopher Wright and his writings and almost all the things that, that he does is he he definitely is a pastor at heart. Um, he always brings um, the, the Old Testament to how it fits in with our modern modern day perspective. And um, one of the things that he does compare that to um, with present day is that of a pastor or an evangelist. Um, where ultimately pastors, evangelists have that um, kind of have that job um, to go out and um, 
help keep people from falling into sin, um, help keep people from disobeying God, whether that be um, a Christians that, that already are say they're believers, um, but even those that, that don't aren't believers. Where you know, if we've got a message to go ahead and share, it's part of our responsibility as Christians to go and and to communicate that message. Um, and there's people in our churches that um, that say they're believers, but we look at their actions and and we look at the 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 things that they're doing that that show a clear disobedience and disregard of God and his commands. Um, and part of the role of a pastor is to go ahead and and, and really help them to, to follow God and be obedient. Um, but at the same time, we see people all around us in our work workplaces and just life in general who don't know, they, they, they don't know any better um, or they do know better and they still need God's message being communicated to them. So he almost says that, that Ezekiel's role as a watchman is very similar to our role as, say, a pastor or an evangelist um, in trying to reach out to the world that, that doesn't know God. To kind of re- watch over the flock, right. for lack of a better word. And if we keep our mouths shut and we stay in our house and not say anything, then are we held? are we partially held responsible for those then that end up going to hell because they never had the message of God or well, were that, not encouraged to be obedient when they were choosing blatantly to not. And that is one thing that we often fail to realize is that it, it's, I don't know the reference off the top of my head, but it's um, pastors will be held accountable for their sheep. Mm-hmm. And we as the sheep often give the pastors all sorts of <laughs> uh, reason to worry about uh, their judgment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, a pastor is really called to look over and to take care of. I mean, it's a shepherding role. It's a, you know, they are called to look over the people. They are called to call them out. They are called to care for them and yep. to lead them to maturity. I guess what Paul says to prevent the, pre- prevent them present them as mature before Christ, so on and so forth. So, Yeah, absolutely. So that was his bringing... Makes, makes you wonder about some of the pastors we've worked under, huh? Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, oh, my gosh. We won't well, name any names. but We've had good ones. We have, and others. We've had others, yeah. But, but even, I mean, sometimes people are afraid to, to really dish out a message that is, I mean to tell someone else that they are not following God's commands and that they're being disobedient to scripture is not a popular thing to do in the church or as a whole. And unfortunately I I see a lot of pastors that are are big on building their own little kingdoms or mega kingdoms. And, uh, (laughs) and you know, they, they, they lose the, the importance of, of what a pastor pastor's job is to do. And sometimes that's to call people out and hopefully they don't leave your church. But unfortunately, if they do, then you've still done your job in saying, you know, here's what the scripture says. Here's your actions. Maybe they should connect. Yeah. Pastors should be more like, okay, well, I did what I was called to do and their blood will not be on my hands. Right. Absolutely. Um, but hopefully, on the flip side, their heart is yearning for that person, and they do desire to pursue them uh, on behalf of, you know, their calling on behalf of God and not mm-hmm. just, you know, good riddance, be gone with you, you know, like, 
I don't know if as a pastor, you can give up on somebody because I think it's going to burden your soul. Now, some pastors are not giving up because it's a tithe check, unfortunately. But I think in the case of those who are called, actually called good pastors, I think it will burden them until, you know, forever, basically. (laughs) Yep. And and the the reality of it is, is... You know, we sit there and I guess we hear the message of Ezekiel and and I'm kind of under one of those perspectives where I believe that we need more rated R sermons um, because I think we gloss over this idea of sin and disobedience to God. And sometimes, you know, we not that we do it jokingly, but it's very, you know, we mention the word sin and we're like, oh, you've sinned. And but the reality of it is, is, is if you don't <laughs> have, I mean, we look at Hosea and we look at these different stories. Um, I mean, if you don't, if you don't come, if you don't have Jesus as your savior, you're going to hell and there is blood and death that is a punishment for your sin. And, and I think sometimes we gloss over that and we, we don't see those, those rated R pictures of how, disgusting and horrible that is in God's eyes. I mean, the reality between what's coming upon um, the people that Ezekiel is speaking to, and really even for those in our day and age that that don't have Jesus, they're very similar outcomes um, in a way. So um, yeah, I don't know. That's So someone's blood would be on us if we chose to keep our mouth shut and not say anything. Right. And just because you're not a pastor doesn't mean you're off the hook. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Please don't think I mean, like, <laughs> oh, as a pastor, I've, or as not a pastor, I have checked out. Like, that's right. not... I mean, it's easy to be like, well, my pastor does or doesn't, or this pastor right. does or doesn't. Well, it's, Scott, do you or do you not? And I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. you know? Um, well, that's just as much on me being, uh, you know, as it is on, 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 on my pastor. Right. But... Yeah, this isn't the Trash Your Pastor podcast. Right. No. <laughs> I don't know if that exists, but this isn't it. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the other guy. Yeah. That you don't want to listen to because... If he's out there. Right. <laughs> Probably. Probably. So... Um, Probably has more subscribers than we do, jerk. <sighs> what are we going to do? Everything's fine, Scott. It's fine. <laughs> we need more advertisements? Yeah, we should... We should start an ad campaign. We should give away something. My daughters have been watching this Minecraft, and you know we're very careful with what my daughters watch online and YouTube, and so we're very, very picky. But one of the Minecraft people that we let them watch, he doesn't have many um, things, but he does advertise his hoodies very often. He's like, you can get this hoodie. Uh, um, Bakesh hoodie. Yeah. I don't know if that'd be cool or not. The Dry Bones one? Oh, yeah, it'd be cool. Uh-huh. It was so on the like dry bones on the front and then Ezekiel references on the back. Yeah. And dung. Oh wait, we haven't gotten to yeah. four yet. <laughs> Here, finish, say. Out, finish out three so okay. we can go to four. Sorry. <laughs> um we should give something away. We should we have a giveaway. Should. <clears throat> a used Chick-fil-A gift card. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. There could be five dollars on it, there could be forty two cents. And they had to pay for shipping. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's, just wrong. Uh, that's why we have no subscribers. Um, yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> so with that, um, yeah, we have a few. Jeez. They haven't got the gift card yet. 
Um, 22 through 23. And the hand of the Lord was upon me there. And he said to me, arise, go out into the valley and there I will speak with you. So I arose and went out into the valley and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there like the glory that I had seen by the Kabar canal. And I fell on my face, but the spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. And he spoke with me and said to go Shut yourself within your house, um, and you, O son of man, behold, cords will be placed upon you, and you shall be bound with them, so that you cannot go out among the people. And I will make your tongue cling to the roof of the ma- of your mouth, so that you shall be mute and unable to reprove them, for they are rebelli- a rebellious house. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God. He will hear... Let him hear, and he who will refuse to hear, let him refuse, for they are a rebellious house. Yay! Well, I think at least from 22 to 23, I think it sounds like he's got a similar vision that he saw earlier in chapter 1. Yes, right off the bat. Yeah, and so I think we at least see in chapter, or in verse 22 and 23, we see a similar vision um, of of what he saw in one, mm-hmm. um, and once again, it's it's a point where he falls on his face. He can't stand on his own. Right. Um, he's overcome by the seriousness and glory of God, mm-hmm. and can't do it without help from the Spirit. And what? Yeah. Once again, he doesn't get back up until the Holy Spirit gets him back up. Mm-hmm. So that's a heck of a vision. Um, one that could be exciting and yet scary all at the same time. <laughs> Um, but then it gets weird. Like he's supposed to be a watchman, but like I don't know. I was sitting there going, um, "Well, you're gonna do what? Like make his Hang tongue his house, man. cling to the roof of his house? He's not allowed to talk, and like isn't that the opposite of what he's supposed to be doing? Right? Like prophets were typically like going among God's people, and here he's like being restrained with cords. Yeah. You have to stay home, not talk, and, um, oh, yeah, yeah. And for seven and a half years, he will only be able to speak one aloud. Right. Well, I guess we know when he speaks, you know how, like, quiet people... Yeah, you're like, oh, I mean, then he says something, you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Right, when a quiet person talks, you're like, ooh, maybe they got something good to say. Maybe that's why no one ever listens to me, is because I talk talk, a lot. We talk too much. (laughs) We would have more subscribers if we shut up. That'd be an interesting podcast. <laughs> I think we would have to have a YouTube channel at that point so we could just yeah, stare at each 20 other. 20 minutes of silence. So. Yeah. And then every once in a while I'll say something. I was wondering if you are going to speak first or not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do well with silence. Yeah, but this is, uh, <clears throat> this, this is basically showing that Ezekiel, or sorry, Ezekiel, who cares what he has to say, that God is speaking, but he's not, taking intercession right Right. now he's only it's communication is one way at this point Mm -hmm. it's from god to the people and the like ezekiel is not going to take anything back to god right on behalf of the people it is coming directly from god that is that that's what you're gonna when he talks god's talking so when he says thus says the lord thus says the lord yes It, it was 26 um and i'll make your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth so that you will not 
so that you shall be mute and unable to reprove them. That's basically like you will not be, it's a legal term. Mm-hmm. You will not be able to mediate on their behalf yep. is pretty much what he's saying. Yeah, because I, I did, again, there's some. Do you think he was like, God, you can hear my thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'd be a horrible prophet. There's a reason. I would too. I was born in this time and not then. I know. I would not be. I would not be a good prophet. Yeah, because he would. I, I'm already bad enough with. I think I talk back to God more than I should. You know where I'm like, yeah, God, I don't like the way this is going. You know, you use the Psalms model. Mm-hmm. You complain, lament, understand, agree, praise. So complain, repent. No, complain, lament. Lament. Then repent. Then repent. <laughs> um, understand, agree, and throw some glory up. Okay. That's okay. A, like every psalm. Lord, how long am I going to be in this pit? This pit is horrible. My enemies are trying to kill me. But Lord, I know that you're the one. I'm going to write that down. You're the greatest God in the world. Right. You're awesome. I'm going to t- type it. May your name be glorified forever. Look at every psalm. I mean, like every, well, at least David. So you said, well, okay, so what is it again? It's... So, complain and lament. Complain, lament. You moved your mic again. I'm sorry. I didn't move it. It moved by it's itself. Like, I might have to get the other arm in. There. Okay. I think I was getting loose. Um, and then repent for being a complainer. Repent. <laughs> repent for not trusting God. Uh, not so much for complaining. Okay. Um, and then you're going to like praise and glorify him. Ah. Yeah. I mean, that's every... I, I, could, I could like flip to any psalm. No, you're right. I, I except see Except for it. 137. I just like how you put it into words. Yeah. If you go if you go to Psalm 137, that ends with like throwing babies against rocks. Every other psalm. <laughs> so I should not utilize that as my model for it, Yeah, you probably should. Okay. Not, no. No, that's called going to jail. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So complain, lament, repent and praise. I like that. Yeah. Or if I just take David's words all together and then I just say them. Then, I mean, since I'm praying back scripture, I can't go to hell? Uh, you, well, there's this whole salvation piece. <laughs> <laughs> um, just being a scripture repeater, incantinator. You're so uh, New Testament. Yeah, sorry. It's a, there's the Jesus piece. <laughs> right. But God's grace is still just as huge in the Old Testament, actually, as it is in the New Testament. Well, in praying, Scripture is <clears throat> definitely fine. Oh, yeah. You know, we're not ever going to discourage that. So right. unless you're doing it in some weird sinful manner, like a spell or something. No, I don't plan on that. So that's what, yeah. Remember the prayer of Jabez? Mm-hmm. The spells of Jabez? <laughs> you know, the only reason I <laughs> bought... Increase my territory. The only reason I bought that book is because I found... No, it was... I was when, with you. Yeah. Was with you. Yeah. We you got found, the oops copy. Uh-huh. And it was like upside down. So like I wanted to go to, because I was It wasn't still, like a dollar or something. Yeah, it like, was. It was so dumb. Like. And it was one of those where like in school, so I was still in school at the time, and I wanted to read the book while in class. So the professor thought I was not reading the book because it was upside down. Oh, you did all that for a prank? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. so uh, how many years ago was that? Oh my gosh. A million um, years ago, there's yeah. a book called The Prayer of Jabez, where some guy decided that by praying the same prayer as Jabez, which was to enlarge his territory and do something else, like if you prayed that prayer, that was a secret to success and life. And 
I, I didn't read it. Our apartment so, didn't burn down. Does that uh, increase my yeah, territory? You know, I didn't pray the prayer Jabez. But yeah. basically, he took this section of scripture and turned it into a magic spell. Yeah. And was encouraging people to repeat it and to pray and to see what happened. And we were camping, right? Uh, was that the year we did multiple things where we had no business camping because we were at the beach? Yeah, and then we went to the mountains and we were like, oh, yeah, Chuck Taylor's hiking. Works great. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, we found a book wholesaler, and they sold, like, yeah. books, but he found a copy of Jabez upside down, but the pages were upside down, but the book was right side up. Like, right. So They were printed opposite or whatever. Yeah, it was kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I actually ever read the book either, but um, it was. I think I flipped through it because you had it, right? <laughs> um, but anyway, um, it's winter. My back's hurting, so I gotta stand again. <laughs> um, but we're in a uh, forty-five minutes, so do we want to get a move on? I feel. Or do you want more time to talk <clears throat> about poop? In 15 minutes or less. You know, I feel like we probably should start fresh next week with chapter four. So we're going to leave this on a happy note of Ezekiel being bound and not able to mediate. But next week, bring your human poop. Oh, wait, wait. Hold on. God changed his mind. Whoa, 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 Mr. Unclean. Right. <laughs> but instead... Do thou as thy... Defile thyself. I was trying to be King James. Oh, and blow yeah. it. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it. So no, no. Bring your animal poop. But actually, we were discussing before whether what kind of animal poop what kind of animal use? poop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're gonna be venturing back to Deuteronomy. But that's for a discussion oh. next week. Yeah, or two weeks, sir. This is so old school. We only got through half a chapter in a podcast. Wow. You know this. This brings y'all be having flashbacks back to Deuteronomy days. Ah, yeah. Good old. Don't worry, because like. There's only 60 chapters or whatever. Yeah. How many chapters are there? A million. We're, we're doing Ezekiel, and I don't, I don't even know how many chapters are in. Um, uh, I wish it told. But it some of them go fairly fat. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I could always look, but I'm not good with... Hold on. I'm, I'm looking. Oh, don't worry. There's not many. 48. That's it? Yeah. I thought it was 50-something. No, I think that's Isaiah. Oh, that's probably what I'm thinking. Because Isaiah's got like 60 or something. And you're always like, let's do Isaiah. That, that was Bruh, the other. Take us six years. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, we'll see how Ezekiel goes. We'll yeah. be fine. You'll be fine, everybody. You're fine. How, how many How many was Deuteronomy? 39? So if you haven't done, done the Deuteronomy podcast, that took us three years. But don't worry. We've gotten more efficient. Yeah, we have. I'm so lying. We are not efficient at all. 34 verse 4. Ooh, wow. There's 10 more. Oh, 34. 10 more chapters in this one. I closed the Bible. No. Oh, it opened right back up to Ezekiel. Cool. Okay. All cool. right. All right. So we'll leave you on that. Yep. And I guess we'll talk about poop next time. So for next week, Ezekiel chapter four, maybe on, five. On the poop cast. I mean, on the podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. See you next Bye. time. Bye.